What's the matter, Sydney? You look like you've seen a ghost. <laughs> Why are you doing this? It's all part of the game, Sydney. It's called Guess How I'm Gonna Die! Fuck you! No, 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 no. We already played that game, remember? You lost. It's a fun game, Sydney. See, we ask you a question, and if you get it wrong, you die. You get it right, you die. You're crazy, both of you. Jackie, you prefer the term psychotic. We'll never get away with this. <laughs> I don't know. Tell that to Cotton Weary. Wouldn't believe how easy he was to frame. Watch a few movies, take a few notes. <laughs> it was fun. <laughs> no! Oh, we're going. <laughs> Good afternoon, good morning, good evening people, whenever you are listening to this, uh, we are the Dude and the Monkey podcast, I am your host Mark Foster, and as ever I'm joined by my co-host, Ian Loring, hey guys. Hello, uh, this is episode 82, um, and we are covering David Fincher's return to the screen with Gone Girl, and we're going to give you the first bumper part of our as yet untitled uh, Halloween marathon uh, that we still have yeah, a title fuck. for. Um, what do we call this? Ah, uh, I, I don't know. Um, it'd have to be something to do with Haddonfield. Ian and Mark's Halloween in Haddonfield. <laughs> I, I don't know. We'll come up with something better for the next show, we promise. Uh, Ian and Mark go to ha- Haddonfield, get stabbed. Yeah, and shit. <laughs> and shit. Marathon. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we're going to cover, um, because of uh, the way that... So, sorry, and shit as in, and shit, or sh- and shit as in actually lose control of bowels. Oh, why not both? Okay. Um, dude, um, we're, so we've got uh, Halloween, Halloween 2, and Halloween 3 season of The Witch to cover. Uh, we're going to do a quick um, cap of, there's going to be no one old, one new, because uh, we're going to do a quick kind of what we've been watching, just to throw a few things out there. Uh, this is just because we've got a lot of Halloween to cover before Halloween. Because <laughs> um, yes. when we originally planned this, uh, we planned it as if we would be having one show a week and then sort of bits happened and we missed a couple of shows. So Yeah, it kind of all got fucked, didn't it? Yeah, but, but it does mean that uh, in a week we've watched... Uh, Three Halloween movies, and then um, because of game, because of holidays and things like that, it means that in three days' time we're going to record in the next show, and we've got to fit another three Halloween movies in for that, don't we? Yeah, li- yeah, literally, we're recording again in in yeah three days, and I got to watch. Well, we both got to watch another three. Yeah, and, and, um, and, and bear in mind, people, I on Tuesdays I start work at nine in the morning and finish at twelve at night. <laughs> 
Yeah, I'm, I choose Tuesday morning, Monday night, Tuesday morning. I've got to drive Lottie and Donna to the airport at three o'clock in the morning. Yeah. So you know, it's uh, there's going to be some serious I don't know, watching. We're, yeah, we're pushing. We, we and we got to watch the film for next week's show. Yes. Like that, we're actually reviewing. Yeah. So, so it's be uh, yeah. Yeah, we're pushing ourselves, man. Yeah. Um, so it's going to be a little bit of a different show for the next sort of couple of weeks. A different kind of format. Um, so there's going to be no, like, say, one-on-one news. Um, and uh, there's no Twitter questions this week. Uh, not because you lovely people didn't send us any, but because I'm a fucking idiot and forgot to actually ask for any. Uh, but I actually had a mad crazy day today where I've made a, a, a pie, a tart, and French toast, and been to the cinema. So it's been a, it's been a, a roller coaster day. I really haven't had a roller coaster day. I played Destiny for about two hours while Donna um, like slept. She went out last night. She was she was feeling a bit worse for the wear this morning. So I played Destiny for like two hours while Lottie and Donna slept. And uh, uh, that's about. I went for a jog. That's about it. I did. I watched Halloween's two and three both yesterday. Yes. So uh... as well as Gone Girl. So um, I had quite a film day yesterday and played destiny for about two hours yeah so. I, I watched I, I watched the first half of, of uh halloween I watched, I watched halloween two yesterday and watched the first half of halloween three season the witch uh we watched the rest of that uh, literally about half an hour ago um because I, I fell asleep last night i also watched other stuff as well um so yeah so um without further ado we'll get into the show for real any ian is there anything sort of that's happened this week that you want to add in uh, i suppose we should mention again uh the fact i know there was a bit quick mention at the start of the last show uh, but if everyone could please uh go to uh noel's uh pledge page the adventures in dhs yeah. let's pledge let's get make sure that book gets out there i'm sure it will but you know We'd be we'd be remiss as as friends if we didn't tell you to go and urge you to go and plug this shit out of it and donate. Uh, I'm sure it's gonna be a fucking great book. Um, so let's let's hope let's not hope let's let's ensure that that motherfucker goes to print. Yeah, I, I um I wanted Noel to come on this week to kind of talk about it, but he's at Grimfest, so yeah. um you know, and he's he's kind of like fighting the good fight there anyway, but um. Yeah, I mean, like like you say, pretty much anybody who listens to this show would probably be interested in reading that book. So, um, you know, I mean, it, what is it? Uh, a tenner gets you an it's, e-book, it's e-book edition. Yeah. Twenty gets you a hardback edition and an e-book. And your name gets listed. Like anybody who contributes at least a tenner gets their name listed in the front of the book, I believe. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that's cool. And um, 35 quid, which, uh, full disclosure, is the level I went for. Yeah, um, that's the level I went for as well. Yeah, uh, gets you uh, those and uh, kind of like a bespoke video club membership card thing, which is uh, quite a cool idea. Uh, then I think it's 60 quid or, yeah, 60 quid gets you all of that. And one of the VHS is actually talked about in the book that Noel will pick out himself. 100 gets you all of that and um, uh, two tickets to the uh, launch party uh, of the book, uh, which is cool. Um and then it goes up, and I think there's a two thousand pound one, which would be amazing if somebody went for that. Yeah. But, um, and uh, I, I, I think that gets all sorts of privileges. I'm not too sure, but uh, yeah, I mean, like even you know, even a tenner gets you the ebook, which you know, and, and your name at the front of it, which is quite cool, mm. you know. And um, I, I, you know, twenty quid a nice hardback edition, you know. I, it just it, 
I don't know, it seems like something that's a bit of a no-brainer to support for this audience, I would say. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. So, got the... Uh... Or, I mean, like, if you're, like, somebody who also listens to, like, Gentleman's Guide to Midnight Cinema or outside the cinema, you know, if... You know, if you're in that wheelhouse, Adventures VHS is pretty much written for you. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, and, I, and I also it has been a passion project of uh, Knowles for a good sort of few years, uh, and we know the effort that's gone into it and things like that. So it, it is absolutely well worth supporting, and I'm sure it'll be a fucking great book. I'm really looking forward to reading it. Yeah, and Dan Orty of the uh, the Mondo Movie Podcast um, has read like various drafts of it. Um, Noel's been asking him for help. I'm I'm sure Noel wouldn't mind me saying that. Thinking about it, thinking about it, I'm sure he wouldn't. No. You know that like like Dan's been um, not exactly helping him out with the book, but just like like the commenting and whatnot. And um, you know Dan knows his shit about that era of filmmaking and. He really, really liked the thing, so I, I think that kind of speaks volumes. Noel didn't ask me to uh, like to provide criticism. The dick, I had to pay like everybody else. But no, I'm sure I'm, you know. I'm sure I, if I'd asked, he would. I'm sure he would have let me read it. But um, I didn't because I, I quite want to read it, and it's I want to read the hardback edition. Yeah, me too. That, that, that you know, like with it. It's just that's awesome that a friend of ours has actually made like written a book that's in a hardback book yeah. you know it's uh but anyway i'll stop rambling but yeah uh folks uh please uh please do support it and um yeah get that shit out there yeah cool right um ian what trailers have you been watching this week Alrighty. what trailers have i been watching this week okay i watched the new trailer for exodus gods and kings the uh the ridley scott film which um it, it, it just yes please um i know some people have been pretty sniffy about it and i i don't know what you think about it but um yes please i am bang up for watching this I haven't got a religious bone in my body but i don't care i will watch christian bale versus joel edgerton with these visuals any day of the fucking week the shot at the end with the two armies have you seen the trailer i have indeed yes i actually saw yeah. it on the uh screen before gone girl Oh, for Gongo, okay. Yeah. The, 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 the shot of the two armies coming together with the massive wave yeah. to the right of them. Fuck yeah. Mm. I'm, I'm in exactly the same place. Uh, I don't expect a mind-blowing kind of fucking movie that's going to change my world outlook or anything like that. What I expect is for probably two and a half hours just entertaining. I expect it to be yep. very similar to the way, in the way that Gladiator was, in the fact that when I watched Gladiator the first time, I was really entertained by it. I'll never ever watch it again. I have no, there's not a single part of me that could ever conceive me sitting down and watching Gladiator again. But, when I did watch it, I enjoyed it. And I'm happy with that. And I'm looking at that and saying, do you know what, Exodus, I'm looking forward to seeing it, because I think it's just going to be a real kind of Engaging, entertaining two and a half hours. There we go. Yeah, defo. Yeah, and um, I, I comes out on Boxing Day. I've done, it's Lottie's birthday on the twenty eighth of December, so God knows when I'm going to go and see it. But I'm going to make sure I get to see it. I think that's going to be one that's going to look really fucking good on the big screen. Oh my God, yeah. For all like, his... you know, morning, morning of the twenty seventh, I'm fucking there. Yeah, for all his faults um, that, that I have with with Ridley Scott. He does make very pretty looking films. Oh yeah, 
Uh, oh, yeah, I forgot it was me. Uh, uh, Taken Free. Uh, watch the trailer for that. I, I like the first two. <laughs> Sorry. So, um, and it's coming out in like early January when it's kind of the dog days of cinema, but you might have an awards contender or two. I'm going to see what's coming out the same week as Taken Three. Because to be honest, it would actually probably take something pretty great to have me not watch Taken Three that week. Because I, I like the Taken films. Well, um, see, I, I really, really like the first one. You know, no matter what you said, the first one's a great movie. I wasn't a fan of the, the second movie. Uh, I thought it was it was too stupid for even my likings. But you know what? I, I watched the third trailer. I, I, I put it off for a few days because I thought, I'm, I really just don't give a shit. And then I watched... Um, you got what's Fox on? catchers out that weekend. So all right, maybe not then. Uh, but then I watched uh, <laughs> Taken Three, and I must admit, when it finished, I went, "Do you know what? Yeah, all right, fine. You've got me back. I'm I'm well up for that." Yeah, pretty much. Oh man, actually, do you know what? January's looking awesome. January's a good month. Fucking the theory of everything, which I'm kind of looking forward to. I mean, more for the word than anything else. Birdman is out on Friday, the second of January. Shit, yeah. Foxcatcher the week after that. The week after that, you've got Whiplash. Uh, the week after that. Yeah, man. Uh, the week after that, you've got oh Christ, a most violent year, uh, and you've got Ex Machina, which is um, Alex Garland's directorial debut, mm. which I actually saw some production art for. When I was at DNA Films, when I interviewed um, uh, Kevin McDon- no, Andrew McDonald um, for the uh, uh, the somewhat aborted book, but uh, and it looked awesome. Uh, but then the week after that, you got an inherent vice, and then the week after that, it's the interview and Jupiter Ascending, both of which I'll happily see. Mm. Uh, right, the week after that is the first like so the, the week after that has a film called Dr. Proctor's Fart Powder. So <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm pretty done then. I'm not even joking. So that's fine. The week after that, you got Black Hat. Uh, the week after that... Uh, all right, nothing much. Okay, so that's up until the end of February. Dr. Proctor's Fart Powder, why not? It's either that or Fifty Shades of Grey that weekend. It's a John Nesbro children's book. Is it really? Uh, yeah. Right, okay, you see, that genuinely has me intrigued. The, the guy who wrote Headhunters? Yeah. Yeah, shit, yeah. In Why 2007, Nesbro also released his first children's book called Dr. Proctor's Promptavulva, uh, which translates to Dr. Proctor's Fart Powder. Oh, bloody hell. Have you seen... Uh, tangenting a little bit, but I mean, okay, maybe no, we'll have time anyway, but have you seen what the subtitle for the new Paranormal Activity film is? No. I've just read this now. Paranormal Activity, colon, Ghost Dimension 3D. Ghost Dimension? <laughs> ghost Dimension. That's amazing. That's, 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 that's nice. That's the one fucking what? Paranormal it. Activity, Ghost Dimension 3G, 3D. Jesus Christ. Oh... <laughs> uh... I don't know who comes up with this shit. <laughs> anyway, bloody hell. Um, but, yeah, anyway, take it free, yeah. Um, Inherent Vice, obviously. Oh. Um, oh. Oh, 
I loved that trailer. Yeah, it, it just it, it looks like it, it looks like it's going after that hot big Lebowski money. Yeah, it, it, um, it looks it looks Boogie Nights esque. Why not though? Yeah, I, I am bang up for it. Josh Brolin having that conversation with the guy in the restaurant. <laughs> I'm all about that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. It 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 just looks. Do you know what it looks a little bit like? It looks like the sort of film that American Hustle really, really, really wanted to be. Oh, bad shout that. Um, so, but you know, then again, it might, it, it might turn out to that that comment might come back and bite me in the ass. But I very much doubt it. That's yeah, I like that's a, I, I liked American Hustle as well. I, love, that, I really, that's, like, that's... I really liked American Hustle, yeah, as well. Um. Sorry, I just got distracted by something. Um, I was going to say something else, but it looks like it's about as far away from the master as he could possibly get. It was almost like it's an instinctive reaction in him, thinking, oh, with there will be blood in the master. I'm going in a slightly worthy direction. What can I do to not do that? I know. I'll make this. Yeah. And, you know, yeah, yeah, no, and I, I'm sure it wasn't as considered as that, but it's just, it's, it's funny how the progression of that happened. But, um, yeah, God, yeah. And it, it feels like one of those ones where, like, it's not going to get any, like, awards play, but the critics are going to be all over it. But it's like, I don't know. A little the bit. The Oscars, I, I don't they think they would touch this. No, a, li- a little bit like what happened, with, essentially, with Magnolia. You know, it, Magnolia is probably his strongest film. But, like you say, no, it, it, it was his most, or one of his least revered films around that time. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised. But I, no, I'm, yeah, very, 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 very excited for Inherent Voice. Um, and lastly, I uh, watched the teaser trailer for Inside Out, which uh, does a good job in saying, like, hey, hey, Pixar, Pixar did all of these films. Ah. But remember all of these films that Pixar did where everybody loved Pixar, everybody adored Pixar, you know, we'll end this little retro montage thing with, you know, Up, which fucking everybody says is the greatest animated film ever, and it's really not. Um, I mean, it's really not. Um, uh, You know, uh, but then, you know, there's like 30 seconds or so about Inside Out, which looks like a really interesting concept. And I'm very, very, very intrigued to see how they actually throw all these balls up in the air and catch them all in terms of like, it all being about all the different emotions in this girl. I mean, it looks like if, if it could be done badly, it looks like it could be Osmosis Jones. If it could be done well, it looks like it could be Inner Space. Which one could it be? I'm hoping it's Inner Space. Yeah, I'm... I struggle to get up for Pixar, to be honest. I just do. They're just all the same film. I know I'm literally the only human in the world that just doesn't like Pixar, but I just... No, they, they, need to, they need to prove themselves. And to be fair, I think the fact that they've taken 2014 out, which, you know, when they delayed the good dinosaur to next year, I'm sure, like, the, the, the Disney head honchos were brick in it in terms of like you know their 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 financial results but you know i think pixar themselves like knew they needed to kind of have a little bit of a reset mm. you know and i mean like you've, you've got two original films coming out next year 
Um, I don't know what's coming out. The, oh, Finding Dory's coming out the year after that. So then, you know, you've got that gearing up again. And Incredibles 2 is getting a sequel as well, you know. But it, it just, it, I don't know. It feels like Pixar know they need to get their mojo back. And it, it, it looks like a really good idea. Yeah, I mean, the only thing that's really making me go, mm, you know what, is the fact that Lewis Black's playing Anger. That's fun. That's yeah. That's. I'm, actually, I'm, I'm up for that. I'm, I'm, I'm up for, for, for. But then again, Lewis Black, I suppose, in what will be a, a kids' movie, it is a little bit more. Well, you know, <laughs> I'm not gonna get the him, full Lewis him Black. Him getting angry like a kid gets angry, but with his voice, could be pretty funny. It, it, I, I, if anyone can make it work, Lewis Black can make it work. Mm. Yeah, but uh, yeah, that that was it for me, man. So um, shoot. Uh, only the one I can add to that is I did watch the uh, second trailer to Horrible Bosses two, uh, and it still. Doesn't oh, make I it. think I watched that. Is that the where Chris Pine's in it a bit more? Yeah, and it it it, it, it actually displays what's actually the story is a little bit better than the first one because I didn't mind Horrible Bosses, but then the first trailer of Horrible Bosses two made it look like it was going to be terrible. This makes it look a little Horrible bit... bosses can fuck off, sorry, yeah. I just had to say. It would make it a little bit less terrible, but I still am not really gonna in a rush to watch it. <laughs> mm. uh, also saw the um, latest trailer for Interstellar at the um, Before Gone Girl, uh, and he's still incredibly pumped for that movie. It, it just looks like it could be incredible. I, I I never do this with trailers, but I'm kind of actively avoiding it now because oh, I, I know. Now. Yeah, be, just because I know I want to see it and I don't know an awful lot about it. So I'm very much... It's out in a month's time. It's I mean, I think it's like four weeks Friday. Yeah. I, I can just, you know, I can just leave off and just, you know, go and experience it when it comes out, you know, which sounds pretentious, but kind of is but fuck it i'm yeah so very very pumped for interstellar nice um right yes yeah, so that's 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 it i think for trailers uh shall we uh well we'll get into our main review uh which is the return of david fincher his last film was a couple of years ago let's get dark man with, let's get dark yeah uh with um his his version of the girl the dragon tattoo he's back with Gone Girl. Uh, so we'll play a trailer for that, and then we'll we'll get into it. Nick Dunn, you're probably the most hated man in America right now. Did you kill your wife, Nick? Everyone told us and told us. Marriage is hard work. Not for me and Nick. As you all know, my wife, Amy Elliott Dunn, disappeared three days ago. I had nothing to do with the disappearance of my wife. I have nothing to hide. Sammy got friends we can talk to? No, not really. You don't know if she has friends, you don't know what she does all day, and you don't know your wife's blood type. He's being a good guy, so everybody can see him being a good guy. Well, you really don't like him, do you? All I'm trying to do is be nice to the people who are volunteering to help find Amy. I will practice believing my husband loves me, but I could be wrong. Have you ever seen that guy in the glasses before? Amy is the kind of girl who attracts admirers. Whoever took her is bound to bring her back. I'm hoping you can tell me what this means. You want to solve Amy's treasure hunt? You seen this girl around here? Yeah, I remember her. I know you. I saw you at the volunteer center. 
I wanted to help. What she want? She wanted a gun. We are all scared, but we are all here now. I feel like something to be jettisoned if necessary. I feel like I could disappear. The hallmark of a sociopath is a lack of empathy. Amy lost a lot of blood in there, then somebody mopped it up. Why do they mop up the blood if they're trying to stage a crime scene? Whatever they found, I think it's safe to assume that it's very bad. I finally realized I am frightened of my own husband. I would show you, as if you're doing a deposition, what to say, what not to say. A trained monkey? A trained monkey who doesn't get lethal injections. She's going to eat you alive. You assaulted her? It's not good enough for you? I hit her? It's not even close! Absolutely not. I never touched her. We now believe Nick is involved in the disappearance of our daughter. Without a body, without a murder weapon, their only hope is a confession. You don't know anything yet? You need to tell me. How was your marriage, Nick? Are you asking me if I killed my wife? Man of my dreams, this man of mine may kill me. What about my son, Nick? This man may kill me. In her own words, this man may truly kill me. You ever hear the expression, the simplest answer is often the correct one? Actually, I've never found that to be true. Okay, you had a trailer for Gone Girl. Uh, it's based on the novel by Gillian Flynn. Uh, she also wrote the screenplay. Uh, David Fincher stars Ben Affleck, uh, Rosamund Pike, Neil Patrick Harris, Tyler Perry, Patrick Fugit, uh, Kim Dickens, uh, and also uh, Carrie uh, Coon. Uh, story is uh, Ben Affleck plays Nick Dunn who returns home one morning um, or early afternoon to find that his wife Amy is missing uh, and the house looks like there has been some kind of struggle. Um, through flashbacks we find out that things were not exactly as perfect as they first seemed between Nick and Rosamund Pike's Amy, um, who was the inspiration uh, behind a series of children's books called Amazing Amy that were written by her mother. Um, remember guys, we are all spoilers all the time and there will be some, some very big spoilers in reviewing Gone Girl because the nature of our reviews, we go all in and get balls deep. So if you don't want to know what happens in Gone Girl, please skip past uh, sort of the next 15 or 20 minutes or so. Um, as to not give away spoilers in what we think is quite a big film, I would say. Yep. Uh, so. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Sorry. Um, yeah. So, Gone Girl. Um, I. I started. I started watching the film and thinking, I know exactly where this is going. Oh fuck! Oh fuck! Oh fuck! Oh dear! <clears throat> Pardon me. And then about an hour in, the thing that I thought was going to be the twist at the end of the film happened. So, so, and then... So is that where you thought it was going to go at the end of the film and it just came a lot earlier? Yeah. Right. Cool. Um, and the thing is, like, I, I said to Don yesterday morning, and she's read the book, mm. and I said to her, like, I'm going to be really pissed off if it turns out that it's her master plan all along. Mm. <laughs> and then... Like, an hour in, I was just like, shit, well, I'm not pissed off, because where the fuck is this going now? Yeah. Um, you know, so, this is the thing. Like, I... Fincher is one of those cold directors, like Christopher Nolan, where 
you know, you generally you don't ever want to think that other people are smarter than you. And I would say, obviously, for Gillian Flynn as well, I'll throw her in with the, with this, frankly, where, you, you know, you don't want to think that other people are smarter than you. It's like an inherent thing in the ego where you want to be sure of your own credibility as a thinker. Mm. Um, but a film like Gone Girl just makes me think there are better people out there than me generally in in it, it like in intelligence and i know that sounds like a really but like the fact that it just like you are so it's so laid bare that these people are fucking awesome at what they do and i am probably middling at best at what that what i'm do that it's almost eye-opening watching a film like gone girl where you go in thinking i kind of know where this is going it's fincher just like doing a doing a one for them or something and then by the end of it it's just no this is fincher quintessentially boiled down to what he wants to do with films and it also makes me realize what he meant when he actually said that he doesn't think the social network is one of his for him films and it's what it's one of his for them films because his for him films are the fucked up nasty twisted little freaks and social network which is still my favorite of his films but that film has an air of respectability but still with an air of cool to it where it's like fincher doesn't want respectability he wants to kind of like take you not necessarily into his world like Michael Bay does with pain and gain, but he wants to take you into a seedy world and show the rotten core. And that's what he's doing with house of cards. That's what he does with the girl with the dragon tattoo is what he does with fight club. But that is what he is doing with gone girl, except instead of like big business or like an airport novel about a, a Swedish woman with piercings that most people can't relate to. He's got it boiled down to something that a lot of people can understand and that's marriage and thankfully it also shows me that my marriage is in fucking touch wood is in fucking great condition uh i loved it mark um i i mean the thing is is i've, I've avoided uh, as much as i can about gone girl um about reading anything about it, about reading anything about the book or anything like that, or talking to people, I know people that have read the book, or talking to people that have read the book, because I simply, I wanted to go and experience the film as the film was going to be. You know, for me, a, Finch, a new Fincher film is up there with a new Tarantino or a new Scorsese. It's a fucking event um, to have a new Fincher film. Uh, I mean, for instance, when Girl the Dragon Tattoo was released, I went to see the first showing of it, um, shown to me uh, there and that was on Boxing Day it opened and I was there at 20 past 11 on Boxing Day um, so I was very much sort of looking forward to it the first um, I had the same thing feeling as, as you uh, that that was going to be it and that's not again like what you're saying about the smart thing and that plays back to a, a, a film that still fucking riles me when people talk about it, um, it where I thought that's what's going to happen. But that wasn't me thinking, aren't I smart? I've worked out what's going to happen. It's just that seems like the natural progression for it, for where it to go. 
because it's too obvious that he's it, it would be too obvious that he killed it wouldn't that wouldn't be a story that would just be a thing that happened so mm. I, I thought right so has she done that and there was a part that thought it can't it can't be that that's going to be the reveal at the end because it's just not Fincher enough uh, it, I don't think that he'd be attracted to that so I wasn't expecting it in the middle of it. I was expecting something else. And then when that happened, it's you know after like an hour, I was at the point where I was going, all right, this needs to fucking pick up now, because I'm I'm not losing interest, but I'm starting to go. You're plodding a little bit. Were, were, um, were you not like when it happened though? Was it not like? well, what the fuck's going to happen now then? Yeah, and, and, and that's it. It was dropped at the perfect moment where... where he had oh, a... sorry, so you're saying just before that the revelation kind of happened, you were a bit like, get to the fucking point. Yeah, I was a bit like, something yeah, needs okay. to happen because sure. it, it, so far, it's a little bit formulaic of this happened and then this happened and then this happened. And we're getting all these flashbacks and I thought, this is a bit... This is... There's there's very little Fincher in this at the moment. It, this is a bit of a. It's seeming like a generic thriller at the moment, albeit a very good one. But something needs to. I need I need a I need a punch to happen, and then that happened. I was like, oh, oh, okay, that's happening now, is it? Right, all right, fuck it, yeah. So where are we going? That exactly the same as you was. All right, where are we going from here? Because. I knew that that there was that Tyler Perry was properly still to still appear, and you know that Neil Patrick Harris is still to appear. You know we've seen them, but they've not they've not become actual characters. They've become faces. Speaking of him, I just want to say quickly. Who? Which one? Just I was literally just thinking. Neil Patrick Harris was like third build in this. Where the fuck is he? Mm. Just as the scene is her in the casino and then he walks in. Yeah. You know, it, it just, again, it's even though I'm, it coincidental, but yet again, it's the universe showing me that David Fincher is fucking smarter than I am and, and can can just out outsmart me every single well, yeah, time. I, I think absolutely Fincher was literally getting you into a place where you kind of started to... You'd gone from being sort of like edge of your seat that you were starting to go and and sink into it and let it kind of you know you're not you're not you're quite gone but it was starting yeah. to win and then all of a sudden he goes because there's no big dun 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 it's just a thump and then you go oh oh fuck all right then fair enough you've got you know I'm you pulled me back you were you were yeah. essentially. Essentially, you'd pulled out and then you were just kind of tickling the balls and then you've gone back in again. And I was, yeah. you know, and at that point I was going, that's, there's the Fincher. There it is. I mean, and the great, the thing is, looking back on it as well, I think that, and I, obviously, I mean, I think this is intended with the book as well. I don't think this is, this bit is particularly literally Fincher, but. I love the fact that as she's talking about like the perfect, uh, the perfect couple and like, Oh, we're so cute. I'd punch us. I'd want to punch us in the face, that kind of stuff. Just looking back on it and the way that Rosamund Pike plays it as well. And the way that she delivers it, just the fact that that is all so fake. Mm. And, and, and like, it, it just like, she's an incredibly annoying presence in that first hour. And it, 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 it just, 
the, the, the way it, it's all just like, it feels like she's playing a part. And the thing is, I, I, I had in my head that like she was playing a part and she was faking all of this anyway. But I was just I'd like, but looking back on it, it is just like, yeah, I can I, I can totally see what she's what she was doing there. I can totally see why Gillian Flynn, Flynn was writing it like this. Mm. And um, I, you know, I mean, like they they don't comment on it too much in the film. I mean, the only big comment you get is um, when um, uh, Kim uh, Kim Dickens is uh, or Pickens, what's her name? Dickens. Dickens is um, it, like, talking about Ben Affleck about the diary, and then he just uh, she says, you know. The last line is like, I know he could kill me, and Affleck's just like, well, that's quite a, quite a nailed yeah. on and, and line to end on, isn't it? And just like that, that whole kind of meta thing of the fact that the the diary that she's writing sounds fake, mm. and, and and you know, Kim, it, Kim Dickens oh, seems great. to seems to pick up a little bit on that. Yeah, she, totally. she seems it, to get the. Mm, this isn't this all just fits too nicely into everything that's happened and i mean the way that her her relationship with patchy fugit's character as well the fact that he is so questioning everything that ben affleck is saying but that moment that rosamund pike like comes back into it he's just like oh you think too much or whatever you know just like stop thinking about it we got it it's done you should be happy you wait so yeah yeah i mean it's it's I mean it, that that little dynamic is is fantastic. It just it's also me- fucking methodically done. Also as well a big which is awesome. A big key thing of it is and it was in every single trailer and everything is the whole you know the the um, psychoanalysis of a sociopath is somebody who lacks any kind of empathy and we're looking. And they're basically looking and trying to say, look, this is Affleck, this is Affleck, this is Affleck. And then all of a sudden you go, oh, wait a minute, no, it's not, it's her. (laughs) She is an absolute sociopath. Um, It's, I mean, like I say, for the first sort of hour, it does build everything up and things do kind of fall into sort of like places and generic places you you know you expect it to fall into and then all of a sudden it just goes off and then we go into uh, Amy's story rather than Nick's story uh, and then we get all that side of it and then they come back and start to to clash together and I, I think that like you said the, the relationship that you have between Kim Dickens who I think is going to be the unsung hero of this film uh, and Patrick yeah, sure. Fugit is brilliant uh, I think Kim Dickens uh, to a large extent, pretty much uh, is, like I say, I, I think she's probably the best thing in the film. Um, but all focus will fall on other people. Yeah, no, I mean she's 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 great. Just her, she's the only character in the entire thing who is kind of like a straight line the the, the whole way through. Like her character never changes, and that's not a criticism. You know, she's the stabilizing presence. Mm. Uh, you know, and it's it's almost like you you can just depend on her to kind of guide you right, and it, it's not the big role, it's not the showy role, and like I say, it's the stable role that doesn't really get talked about. But I I I would agree there. Pardon me, I'd agree there actually, yeah. And I mean, but I mean, even like Neil Patrick Harris has his moments, like the I fact think that he's the weakest link in the film. I really, yeah. I, I don't know. I I liked that he basically. You know, like the Scoop McNary character, it was awesome to see him in it yeah. as well. And I noticed that the credits at the end, it just said, like, even the big role of credits, it said, and 
blah 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 Scoot McNary mm. right at the end of the credits almost like it was like some sort of weird surprise thing that you know which was which was great um but the fact that him and Affleck are made out to be kind of like monstrous but then Neil Patrick Harris's character genuinely is actually a bit of a freak yeah uh, but uh, with Neil Patrick Harris I think the problem is is I had a thing with Nick Spargerator that I think everyone is so in love with Neil Patrick Harris, the person, that they actually miss the fact that I, I just don't think he can carry drama. I, I don't. I did watch any very. I watched a few episodes of um, How to. What's it called? Because I've got How to Train Your Dragon. I had How to Train Your Dragon in my head. How to Train Your Dragon. <laughs> I was thinking that's just not right. Um, I, 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 I didn't get on with that series, uh, so I, I didn't watch it. I'm nothing against it, uh, but. It, he he always seems to be playing a character, and I'm very well aware of the fact that it's Neil Patrick Harris playing a character. And I know that sounds stupid because that's how acting works, but he just felt like literally like Neil Patrick Harris walked on the set and just went, "Well, I'm going to decide he's going to be like this right now," and it, it just it, that just felt miscast for me. I'm sorry, it just did. He's too Fair recognisable enough, I, as being Neil Patrick Harris to fulfil what essentially is quite a, an important role. I don't think he's the best thing in the film by any means, but I thought he was all right. And he also contributes to my favourite scene in the film. Which, but which... Not, almost not because of... Actually, kind of is because of the scene. The scene which fully earns the film, it's 18. Um, probably the most... Shut up! Honestly, though, I, you you get horror films that are 15s that have worse violence than this. I don't. It lingers, man. It lingers, but I I I I, I, I was surprised this was an 18. It it lingers. That's the thing. It lingers, and it's not in a fantastical context. I could see the like based maybe, on the maybe. BBFC's guidelines. I could see where it's coming from. The fact that she gets turned even, on. I would it. say. I would say the fact that there's that as well. Yeah. There is totally that. There's that. And so also, maybe like, at that the edges end, it to the 18. But also, I mean, like, at the end, where, like, Ben Affleck's got her, like, up the neck up on the wall when she's based. Yeah. Yeah. And he, like, and it, that is when he actually thinks, shit, I fucking love the shit out of this woman. It's fucked up, but I love the shit the out of this fuck woman. Wouldn't. Yeah, well, I, I'll tell you what. Donna like the, like hated the ending, and it's interesting because I and I wonder if on like because on film it played out great for me like like the way those two play it, which it's so fucking dark, but it's awesome and it feels based in reality. But because of that, I think that kind of shit could push it to an eighteen as well. I just say the fact that sabotage is a fifteen and this is the, this is an eighteen is, is bizarro world in comparison. Exactly. But what I was going to say about that that scene with Neil Patrick Harris and the throat slitting, mm. Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross's score during that bit where it is just going like, it's just and like this is a yeah, mainstream. Yeah, yeah. Shot. yeah, yeah, exactly. And just the way that, like, the blood spills out from the neck and it is going all over her and she's rolling around. It is just 
this is a mainstream wide release film and it's this com it's just the combination of both the visuals and the audio together where it's just like that's the kind of shit where i want to stand up and applaud yeah yeah you know it's just like the the the, the glee on my face watching that moment and it, it, it just it, and again i mean like the tv versus film debate that's a moment that I just, I don't think you get in TV. The way it builds, the way it's shot, the way it's scored. It, that is something that just a singular, well, uh, 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 this is uh, somewhat oxymoronic, but a, 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 a collective of singular minds mm. coming together and make, you know, in terms of like Trenton Reznor, Atticus Ross and um, uh, the cinematographer Jordan Krenoweff and, and, and Fincher, you know, and even Pike and Harris, you know, the fact that they're actually willing to do this, it just bravo. Yeah, I mean, it, it, like, like you say, it, it, the, the, the idea of, of there, now you've brought it up, the, the old TV versus film thing, and you know, both have merits. Neither is better than the, than the other. I prefer, personally, film over TV, but, you know, I accept that other people don't. But what Fincher has done here is he's taken a... What essentially would have worked better, or in theory would have worked better as a, a six-part miniseries, or would have quite easily have been translated into a six-part miniseries, and gone, do you know what? I can do it in two and a half fucking hours. Bang. Do you know what? It's it's really funny you say that, and I I I I I am absolutely sure that you didn't just take this out of this person's mouth. But there was somebody on Twitter, and it was a critic, and I can't remember who, who said exactly that that Fincher basically just did a season of TV in two and a half hours, and it didn't feel weird in the slightest. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. Well, I, I I can honestly say that I didn't say that off, off someone on Twitter because I've barely been on Twitter the last few weeks. No, 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 yeah, no, 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 no,
you know, there's the, the bit where um, Tyler Perry is just laughing at Ben Affleck uh, when he's when he, after he's just explained the story. I was in tears almost of laughter because it was just the way he's playing it is so funny. And then the bit in the hotel uh, bar, not the hotel bar, but the airport bar, uh, where it, you know when it's all come out and you know you've essentially you've got him saying, "Look, we need, she must have made a mistake along the lines," and he's there saying, "Look, this is." You and her. This is just brilliant. It's perfect. Yeah. She's brilliant. And it is just... I, I, I like his respect for her. Where he, yeah. he, like, I think he mentions a couple of times, like, you've got to hand it to her. Like, yeah. this is this is brilliant. Which, yeah, you, you have. She's a terrible, terrible person and a horrible, horrible character. But do you know what? That moment that you were talking about where he finally loses his shit with her and then she basically just shouts at him and just says, look, I'm a cunt, but it, I'm the cunt that you wanted me to be, and you're the cunt that I wanted you to be. And it's just at that point I thought, do you know what? That speech would make, would have made me go, do you know what? I fucking hate you, but I also do actually really fucking love you as well. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was, it's that and the fact that the, the thing that makes her change her mind about the entire thing is the TV confessional thing where he is just lying through his bit. teeth. Yeah. And, like, complete bullshit. And she's just like, yeah, yeah it, I, that, that's, that's, that's fine. And it's not because she believes him. It's just because, like, he's as much as a, a, he's as much of a devious prick yeah. as I am. This is what she's doing. She's going, oh, you've worked it out and you're essentially, now you're essentially challenging me to come home? Yeah, 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 yeah. Challenge accepted. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, I mean, it just... Oh. The more I talk about... Do you know what? I came out of it going, I really liked it. It's really good, but I'm not sure on a few points. But now the more I talk about it, the more I go, do you know what? I actually fucking really, really, really like this movie. I really, really, really liked it coming out of it. And the ending is perfect as well. <laughs> Just like the the way it just, and also the fact that like you don't know the the baby where that's kind of come from as well. Just like how how does that work? Did she actually keep the specimen yeah. and keep it on ice? I would think she would. Have. That's just like that's fucked up. But like just the way it kind of ends, and it it doesn't like state it outright. Like yeah, I'm into this woman because she's a bitch or whatever. It just like it kind of ends, and then the the score is just this weird like low down kind of ambient unsettling kind of thing just fuzzing along in the background and it just cuts the credits and it's like fuck yeah mm. but talking about it it is just like it like i don't know the the problems that i had with it the first time round, which basically were the first hour a little bit get to the fucking monkey yeah it's it's all intended oh, it yeah. is all Absolutely. intended so then it, it just, I mean, it is up there from right now, just thinking on it. It's up there top 10 of the year contender. Oh, yeah. And not. if I was going to the cinema again tonight, I'd go and see it again tonight. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd happily, happily go and see it again. Uh, I know Becky wants to see it, so I might end up going to see it again. Um so, but yeah, I'd, I'd be perfectly happy to go and spend another couple of, because like, it's two and a half hours long, but there is easily, it, it feels two and a half hours. There's not, there's not any fat on it. 
really. It, you know, there's that all feels needed. It all feels needed. We, we, yeah, yeah, it, it does. There's a few bits where I kind of go, well, did it need that? No, it did actually, because it makes sense of that bit and that bit. Yeah, yeah, it all, it's all. Not, not just from a plot point of view as well, but just like the character. I mean, I, I, I think like because like by the end of it, Affleck and Pike's characters are two very, very complicated characters with fucked up like psychosexual thinking. Mm. And I, I just I think you need all of it to, to even like the scene with his dad, you know, and like dropping, um, which apparently his dad's in the book a lot more. Um, yes. But that, like you, I think even that just for like, OK, he has had a bit of a troubled child, you know, and not, not everything's been super happy in his life or whatnot. I just I think you need that as well. It just I, I'm not I'm not going to call it Fincher's best because I, I don't I, I don't think it is. I mean, Social Network, I still think is the film of this decade. Yeah, it's, personally, it's it's, but... it's certainly not my favorite Fincher. It would it would come probably above the game, but below Dragon Tattoo. The, th- the thing is with Dragon Tattoo, like I I the look of that film is stonking and you know i think they're the kind of the cast all do great work but it does feel a little bit less vital in what it's at in its characters i think it's a more plotty film than gone girl and gone girl is a plotty film for the first hour or so but then it, uh, it, it then it, it's all just basically character study mm. uh, and uh i i I don't know. I'm uncomfortable. So the thing is, I st- I think the girl with the dragon tattoo is personally is a is kind of a five out of five film as well. But it's it's a, a, a slightly more kind of um, ethereal five out of five. Like it, it's a bit more. It's a bit more five out of five for what it is. Whereas I think this is five out of five for what this is. But what this is for me is more vital. Mm, yeah, I let's say I I I. I Girl, Dragon Six is one of those films that I've, I've grown to love over, over several, several watches. Um, I, I find it an endlessly watchable movie, so I think because of that, it gets a little bit more kind of kudos from. from you, you do, you do have Daniel Craig shouting "cats" in Girl with the yes, Dragon Tattoo. Yes, you do. If that if that happened in Gone Girl and there were ample opportunities, <laughs> then yeah, just like in the it, background, it, just shouting "cat." <laughs> Yeah, yeah, uh, you know, or even like Ben Affleck at the uh, like the start the where cat, like, he sees the cat. Yeah. yeah. Even and I will say as well, just very very quickly because I, I obviously we're coming to the end of this, but how I knew that Ben Affleck didn't do it right from pretty much the opening ten minutes mm. when he goes to when he goes to pick up the cat, he's just like, "What are you doing here?" If you had planned all that, you wouldn't be saying, "What, what are you doing here?" It's the cat. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The, 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 I I never had the feeling that Affleck had done it. Throughout the entire film. Neither, no, neither but, did I. But neither I, did I. I don't think... I, I think it's one of those things, again, where I don't think Fincher ever intends you to have that feeling. Because... No, it's... It, the thing is, it's not a did he do it, didn't she no, do it. It's, it's a who's the worst person. Yeah. And, you know, that that's the great thing. It is a, a study in, in two people who are not very great people, but they almost cancel each other out to an extent. Because uh, there is a point where it, it, he's basically saying to her, you know, you, you killed somebody. And she's like, well, yeah. And it's like, and it, you can see him all saying, look, I had an affair, which was bad, but you actually fucking killed somebody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then you can see the fact that she just doesn't care. 
And then it, it, the fact that he now becomes terrified that, of her, where she's like, you know, you can sleep here. And he's like, no, right, right. I'm sleeping at a fucking <laughs> locked door, you crazy bitch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yes, um, definitely, definitely not shit. Oh, dearie me, yes, definitely not shit. Yes, um, wonderfully twisted. Uh, and I really actually, now now, now I've spoken about it, the more I speak about it, the more I think, do you know what, I can't wait to watch it again. Yeah. Uh, yes, so that was Gone Girl. Um, so we're going to uh, play a trailer for um, the first in our as-yet-untitled that we still don't know, but we will know by next week, uh, Halloween Marathon. Uh, we're going to play you the trailer for 1978's John Carpenter's Halloween. Halloween night. A small American town. 15 years ago. Michael? I spent eight years trying to reach him, and then another seven trying to keep him locked up because I realized that what was living behind that boy's eyes was purely and simply evil. I think he'll come back. Exploring uncharted territory. And totally charted. Just Sure, sure. The only reason she babysits is to have Halloween. <laughs> Come on out. Okay, that was the trailer for uh, John Carpenter's Halloween. Um, I'm not going to explain the plot to Halloween. I'm not going to insult all of you. Um, but it's a 1978 film that kind of didn't start the slasher um, phenomenon, um, but it did bring it to the uh, the populace, I suppose. Uh, it was the it was the sort of first real big 
hit of the, the slasher films. Uh, and our first introduction to uh, Michael Myers. Um, Ian, Halloween, what does, it, what does it mean to you? How does it sit in your um, horror canon? Uh, pretty up there, you know, I mean, like, certainly judging by the amount of times I've seen Halloween, but, um, it, I don't know, it, it kind of, I think it deserves its reputation, uh, pretty much for, for the whole thing, really. I mean, it, it's, um, I don't know, what do you say about Halloween? You know, I mean, yeah, like, it, we got, we got a lot of mileage out of The Exorcist, but, um, yeah, what do you say about Halloween? Um, it's, I mean, it's, it's dependably great. Um, I mean, like if you're going to throw a criticism at it, and this is pretty much the only thing I would say is that the score, it does repeat itself maybe a little bit much. Um, but that, that's, I, 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 that's about all. I mean, and to be fair, like we'll get onto it, but I mean, like I think Halloween two is kind of a worse offender for trying to jazz it up as well. But, um, I, yeah, I mean, it's just it's 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 cracking, isn't it? I mean, it's it's very very good. It's um, a very boiled down plot about a madman who escapes from an insane asylum, returns to where he grew up, and kills people. You know, and obviously with the subsequent films and also the TV version of the original Halloween, they try and build up they they build up the sister link, um, but. It's creepier just, the, you know, I mean, the original title of the film was The Babysitter Murders, you know, and it's, uh, I mean, like, Carpenter obviously just had, like, this presence that you don't know why he's doing this, which makes it creepier. Mm. Um, you know, whereas Halloween 2, they, they, they explain things far too much. Um, and... I don't know. It's just it's it's great. They spend a perfect amount of time setting up the characters and the other people who die. You know, um, I mean Annie Potts and PJ Souls. They give um, good screen time too. Uh, uh, you know, you you understand them. You are, you understand. You, you kind of understand why they make the mistakes that ends up that end up getting them killed as well. You know, and then I mean there's there's clever little things as well like the, the fact that um i love when um annie potts goes out to the car and it's locked and she goes out and grabs the keys and then comes back and then doesn't even notice that the car's unlocked mm. and that's totally something that someone would do if they were preoccupied yeah yeah absolutely yeah you know it, it just it's it's little details like that and and also, I mean, like even um, Tommy, like the, the fact he's kind of like he's picked on by the bigger kids, uh, like he's coming to get you, he's coming to get you, like early on, and then he does that to Lindsay later on, you know, and they're like they're kind of like the, the little childish kind of power dynamics there that just give things a little bit more life, you know. Yeah. But but through it all, you've got the score, you've got Michael Myers, um, and you've got Jamie Lee Curtis, who's um, very good in this one. Not so much in Halloween 2, even though she probably has about a dozen lines in Halloween 2. But in this, she just does seem like the virgin, uh, virginal babysitter. And, like, and, I mean, the final girl trope is one that um, was pretty much defined by Halloween. And it, it's it's pretty much the perfect attempt at it. I mean, I will let you talk in a minute. Sorry. No, no, no. The, don't worry about it. The, I mean, the, 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 the slasher thing. I mean, I wrote, I, I kind of wrote my dissertation partly on um, on on slashes, and um, 
I, I maintain, you know, a lot of people say that Psycho is a proto slasher, and I'm not really of that opinion myself. No, I don't it, that it, it, it's got elements, but I would say the if you're looking at actually what was probably the first slasher, uh, I, I think you'd be looking at Bob Clark's Black Christmas. Yeah. And uh, I mean, that kind of set, sets up the final girl, apart from the key fact that she is uh, Olivia Hussey in that film is the very much opposite of virgin, a virginal final girl. Yeah. Because she's pregnant, you know, so... And uh, so you, you can't really throw, throw it at that either. So it, it probably would be this. Um, and I think Jamie Lee Curtis... I mean, could you name a better final girl than Jamie Lee Curtis? I mean, like, Maeve Campbell does a very good job in Scream. Uh, I mean, Heather Langenkamp does an okay job in A Nightmare on Elm Street, but who... Exactly, yeah. She, she does. It is, like you say, it is the prototype for what became, what what has become the archetypal um, final girl. Um, like you say, you know, yes, Black Christmas did have the slasher element over it, but you know, we're not taking that. We're talking about the the, the heroine of the, of the story rather than um, than the villain of the piece. Uh, so sure. yeah, there is there is certainly that there, and it is it is played very well. You know, she's. You know, there's the whole. You know, I think people boys think I'm too smart, but then she does have that that crack of. But I do kind of like this character, this this person, and then there is that kind of. You know, she's not just she's she's not a the, the sweet virginal um, through lack of um, drive or rage. Yeah. It, it's just there's a there's an uncomfortability to her, but she's not. She's not the weird girl either. She's still, you know, part of the popular clique. She just, she doesn't see it like that. She doesn't see the world like that, which is perfectly fine. Which makes her more understandable um, as being, uh, having the strengths that she has, uh, you know, towards the end of the film. Mm. Uh, yeah. Ben Tramer. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Who, 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 appeared, but, um... who appeared very briefly in, in Halloween too. Yeah. In uh, I don't know. We'll get to that. Yes. Um, that scene makes me laugh. Sorry. Yeah. Um, so I mean, yeah. It, it, the thing about Halloween is, I, I've got a Halloween poster up in in my living room. It, it sits above my sofa. Um, I, I'm staring at a, a print, a John Carpenter print, the print that Death Waltz Records put out with with, with John Carpenter's signature. Oh, I used it. to. That's I got you. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, like we, you know, we are both big Carpenter fans. Yes. Um, and I, 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 I adore Halloween. It's one of those films where. I could quite easily watch it uh, once a month and, and never really get bored of it. It's, it's such a brilliantly watchable movie because the, the, the type of movie it is, almost because it's become templated, um, it, it, its beats just work so well and it lingers. And, you know, I've heard people say, you know, oh, it's because it's quite sort of slow paced, you know, stuff. And I always think, are you, are you mad? It literally introduces its, its character. It's, you know, it says, look, this is Michael Myers at the start of the movie. And he's there. He's not a figure that you don't see until the last sort of third of the movie. He's there consistently throughout the movie, stalking and killing. Yeah, no, absolutely, man. I mean, like, it, it, it just just because you don't really actually see any of the kills until, like, the second half of the film. I mean, it's probably only... Well, like 45, 50 minutes in that you get um, get the Annie kill? Yeah, probably. You know, I mean, it's not that far into the film. I mean, like, I mean, what are the kills that are actually on screen? You've got um, 
You've got Annie. You've got uh, Linda and uh, her boyfriend, Bob. Mm. Um, and then, is that it, really? I mean, like, you've got the, the guy who uh, Michael Myers steals his clothes and you see the uh, the abandoned the dog thing and, like, his body. And the dog. Oh, and the dog. Yeah, of course, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, like you say, I mean, Myers is a constant presence and the fact that he is just kind of walking after them or is just kind of driving after them, you know, it's... Um, I, 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 I mean, it's interesting. You've got all these little things going around as well, like um, the sheriff... Um, sheriffs at the uh, the hardware store where the stuff had been nicked and or like, even just the idea that he'd been smoking pot in that in, in the car and they you know it just again it just adds character and i mean you it's not like you you your kind of horror film from the 90s or the noughties where it's like you introduce the big bunch of them at the start they've got like one defining characteristic and then they have the scene where they like they get bumped off yeah you know, it's it's not like that. You you do actually spend a bit of time with them, and even though it is basically down to the the archetype of the the horny girls who who want to have sex, but it, it's that's enough to you know to be getting on with, I think. And um, I mean, but I mean, as well as all this, when you have got like creepy imagery as well. I mean, obviously, um, uh, Michael putting the sheet over him with the glasses. You know, it, that that is just a creepy image. Jamie Lee Curtis, like, when she's it, she's kind of walking around the house, it's almost like a house of horrors or something. Like, she goes in the run, one room and there's the Judith Myers tombstone and she looks in the one cupboard, there's a body. She looks in another cupboard and then the body comes swinging down. You know, that 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 kind of thing. It, it's um, th- There's some grisly stuff in here, but, I mean, like, compared to modern horrors yeah it probably is quite slowly paced and not that many people die but at the same time it's because it's actually kind of more bothered with the with the dread yeah it's building it's building everything up to them not to go to have a big crescendo at the end but to go build up and then throw something out yeah and you almost you get caught up in it you don't even notice um all the stuff that's going on until the end of it and then you go oh shit that's fucking what happened there (laughs) Yeah, no, absolutely, and, and I mean, you, you you have the fantastic ending as well. With um, I just like the fact that you know when he sees that Michael's not there, and it just cuts to all those different shots of the neighbourhood with the breathing getting uh, louder and louder on the um, on the soundtrack. Mm. You know, it, it just it's such a great way to end your horror film and just leave people. You know, it's it's not one where like you. you I don't know. You've got the quick jump scare at the end, or and it, and, it get, and it's not one where everything like leaves off nice and happy, and you get some like '90s rock song start playing oh, on, on the soundtrack. Oh, as well, you know, it's just unsettling. There's not that thing that you get now where you go, "All right, set up for, for a sequel," because this is before this is before the days of the of the sequel. You know, there wasn't that many sequels. Uh, you know, around this time, you know, there wasn't that pre-planning there whereas you know now because of the success of films like uh, halloween and the nightmare films and the friday the 13th films the screen films etc you know a lot of the time now when horror films are being pitched they're not being pitched as uh, as, as a particular film it, it, it's almost as a, as a franchise builder uh, and and this isn't you know this, this the first movie this was very much made as a movie and then subsequent movies followed, and maybe they added bits in to kind of to, to become, you know, continuations of the story. 
but this at the time for itself was a very singular movie and it, it, it wanted to have that air of dread as it finished um, but luckily did leave itself open for, for continuation and uh, I mean may, maybe we should move on there to Halloween too yes. um, um so I mean definitely uh, definitely not shit definitely, Halloween, definitely not shit, yeah. uh, so, um, but Halloween 2 directed by Rick Rosenthal yep um and, and bits of it were directed by Carpenter. <laughs> sure, sure, I, I believe that. Um, and it's not as good. No, it's it's it's, 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 it's certainly certainly not uh, anywhere near as good. You know, you've got Jamie Lee Curtis returning. You've got uh, Donald Pleasance uh, returning as well. Um, set literally um, straight after as a continuation of of Halloween. Um, Despite the fact that it was made three years later, uh, and it, it, it's it's basically the story of how um, Laurie Strode is taken to uh, hospital, um, literally the worst hospital imaginable, um, yep. and uh, Michael is still um, hell bent on offing her, uh, and. This one is where we start to fall more in the generic um, horror patterns, I would say, certainly. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me, sorry. Thank you. Uh, yeah, oh, thank you. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I, there, there are only a few kind of shining light moments in this film for me, really. Um, I mean, you've, you've got some good, solid, though, derivative of the first film like michael point of view shots mm. uh which which are all, um, which are all right um you got that uh, one shot i really like where it's kind of revealed that michael's still alive and he, he's just like walking down the street and people are just walking past him and that, that that kind of idea of it kind of being normal out on that day and that time of night i don't know i i, I, I quite like that but you've got it coupled with and I, I'm, I'm slightly want to rush through Halloween 2 because I want to talk about Halloween 3 to be honest but um, <laughs> yeah that's not probably me it, it, yeah but I mean like it, it's the, the the deaths aren't great I mean the hot tub death with the uh, with the nurse is alright from a kind of a gore point of view I suppose it, it's quite Which grisly I think that was one of the ones that um, Carpenter reshot I think to have more gore in it yeah that's interesting mm. um, I, I could see the, the specifically the bits where he's like putting her in out in yeah. out I could see those not being shot in the same time actually yeah um but you know like the last half hour or so it is kind of Michael stalking Laurie again but it just you've got a more expansive location so it doesn't it, it just it doesn't really work that as well it does feel like retreading ground uh I mean like Donald Pleasance at the end, just like blowing up the entire hospital was quite a, a fun touch. And uh, I like the idea of her being taken in, a, in an ambulance to be taken away from a hospital to another hospital. That <laughs> makes me laugh. But yeah, um, but you know, it just, it's full of goofy shit. I mean, the Ben Tramer death is amazing. Yeah. That guy just has like the worst death ever. <laughs> I mean, he gets knocked over by a police car that's speeding for no reason whatsoever. That car with him still on the bonnet then crashes into something else and everything blows yeah, up. But it's just, it's, like, it's the worst. He's on fire and nobody tries to help him at all. It, yeah, it's just like shit. He's done. It, yeah, they, they literally is in the background. I was, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if like an hour or so later someone went. Um, so what, what you know, what what did they say when 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 they moved the car or anything like that? What did the coroner say? And they went, 
Oh shit, he's still there. Oh crap, we just totally forgot about that. Because that literally is the most unceremonious death in the series. It's 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 hilarious, and it's literally just there for the plot as yeah. well. I mean, it's it, it's brutal. It, I mean, really bad. But I mean, it just and yeah, I mean, you've got a Jimmy guy who's like the most useless love it romantic interest yeah. in the history of ever. That's I mean, it just. That feels like shit with him was just cut out or something. I, I don't know. Or, or like they started writing it and forgot that they'd started writing it and just kind of writing it and they got to the end and went, shit, they were supposed to have some kind of connection, weren't they? Oh, ah, bollocks, no one gives a shit. Yeah, quite, <laughs> it, it, yeah. It's, it's I... hard to work out whose film this is. Because there doesn't seem to be an actual sort of central theme to it. It just seems to be, oh, uh, Michael's still after Laurie and there's a load of shit that goes on. Yeah, essentially. I mean, it's it's got its moments. I mean, like the idea of Michael in there with all the babies and whatnot is 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 an unsettling mm. idea, and I think they kind of play that up well enough. Um, but I yeah, it just it's a very 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 generic horror. Yes, absolutely. Is, is the second one. It, it, it doesn't it it doesn't feel it's got none of the panache of the first or the subtlety. And this is a slow burner, but it has no reason to be a slow burner at all. Yeah. It should move at a quicker pace, but it doesn't. And for a, a movie that is under 90 minutes, it, it really does feel a, like a, like you're spending a lot of time with it. Yeah, it drags like a motherfucker. Yeah, it, it's... I feel bad saying it, but it, it, is, a, it is a bit shit. Yeah, it is a bit shit. Yeah, um... it, it, it just it, it takes too long doing what what it's doing, and the location I think was a bad idea. It's just too big a place for that small an amount of people. It just like it's just people wandering around corridors for minutes yeah, at a time, shouting it just... each other. Yeah, it, I, I don't know. It, it bad. I mean, yeah, it is. It is shit. It, it's got a couple of moments and. Jamie Lee Curtis, I mean, like, bless her, is three years older. She looks not, she doesn't look like she did no. in Halloween. She's oh. got a bad wig on, and she's out with it for most of the film. Yeah, it's a terrible wig. Um, so we're going to uh, come off our, our Halloween uh, thing briefly, just to give you a, a bit of a respite from the Halloween chat. Uh, and instead of doing a one-on-one view, we're just going to do a quick kind of recap, uh, to see if there's anything that we either have watched over sort of like the past um, week um, that we want to talk about, just so we don't end up losing things that we might have sort of wanted to say a few things about over the next couple of weeks. So, Ian, uh, go on then, give us a, an almost a, what have you been watching? Shit, I, my fucking letterbox, come on. I need my letterbox, I can't think without my letterbox. <laughs> it, is, it is hard to remember what, what what has been watched over a certain yeah. a small period of time, isn't it, where you watch quite a lot? Yeah, bloody right. Um, oh, I watched Harold and Maud. Oh, um, right. I've not, not watched that for the first time. I've not watched it in a, in, a, in a vast number of years. Yeah, that film's awesome. It is. I remember that film really is enjoying it. Really yeah. good. Uh, really good. Uh, like that. It, it's heartbreaking at the end as well. I mean, I won't say just in case, but it, it's heartbreaking. And just the connection they have and the bits between Harold and his mother and her trying to set him up through computer dating, which is amazing. <laughs> it, it, it just, it's funny. It's touching. It, it you know, it, it is properly moving, but I don't know. It's just Maud going around and stealing other people's cars. It's the best. So yeah, ma- massive recommend. Hal Ashby made some great stuff. He really um, did make some great stuff. Yeah. 
Yeah, man. Um, and uh, I mean, I'll, I'll just say as well, I watched Solaris, the uh, Clooney Soderbergh one. Oh, yeah. Uh, which uh, is great. Um, I, I, I think it's 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 very good. It's got atmosphere coming out of its ass. It's really stylish. It's kind of evoking the like the seventies. It's like then you know Tarkovsky, the kind of production design of his, but with like the more up to date elements. Um, I, I, I love the cinematography. The kind of weird drabness to it is is fantastic. It, it, like. And it's short as well. You know, it's like it's under an hour and a half, and that like that is spot on. Uh, it, it, yeah, I it, was, it was that, that short. Yeah, it's uh, well, I'm pretty sure it's under an hour and a half. It's bloody short anyway. Um, bear with me. I find out. I completely forgot it was it was that that short. Yeah, um, 90, oh, 99 that minutes. Yeah. Oh, 99 minutes. All right. Well, I was a liar then. But it's still, still short. Still shorter than I thought you know. it was. So, uh, yeah. No, I mean, Solaris, man. Brilliant. Um, but, yeah, I mean, in between having to watch the Halloween films and whatnot, I think that's... I swear there's probably something else. And uh, I don't know. I'll, I'll, I'll let you go. And if, if I remember it, I'll uh, chip in. Cool. I'm about to sneeze, so I'm going to mute my microphone. Oh, bingo. Back. There we go, I've got the mute. <laughs> uh, right, um, I watched uh, yesterday uh, with, with uh, Isabel, because she's been nattering for me to watch it uh, with her for ages, and I wasn't averse to watching it. Uh, I watched uh, The Fault in uh, Our Stars. Um, oh, yeah. Which, yeah, to be honest, I watched the trailers, it looks a bit schmaltzy and a little bit... Um, you know, a little bit Nick Sparks or anything like that. But I was, I was perfectly willing to give it a go because Isabel wanted to watch it. And I thought, well, you know, never drink a film until you've actually watched it. Um, Talked about Josh Boone and it, it's, it's the, the film with Shirley Woodley and uh, Ansel got in it. And it's the kids with cancer movie. Um, I'm sure people have either read something about or anything like that or seen people walking around with T-shirts on that say, okay, uh, which I now understand what the fuck they're meaning. Um... But to be honest, it, it, it's um, it's long. I mean, it's really long. It's it's um, the, the the cut I watched. I watched the extended cut, um, and that is uh, two hours, and, two and a quarter hours, um, which for a film of this kind of type, it, it is very long. Um, Story wise, it, it it it's quite jarring at points. Um, it, it deals with the whole cancer thing in a very real sense. Um, in that it, it absolutely kind of it shows you the the nastiness and the ugliness of it uh, at, at some points, and it goes in places you're not kind of expecting it to go, as well as going in places that you're very much expecting it to go. Um, but it, it's very much held together by the fact that both Shailene Woodley and Anson Elgar are, are both very very good in it. Anson Elgar is incredibly charismatic um, playing the. Um, I think he's called Augustus uh, Waters uh, in it. Um, the the script at some points does get a little bit annoying because they 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 don't talk like teenagers talk. They talk like um, they talk like um, fucking New Yorker reading mid thirties hipsters talk, not like teenagers talk. Um, and, yeah. and that sometimes takes you out of it a little bit but then it, it almost does kind of admit that it's doing it at points 
Um, it is a bit of a tearjerker, not going to lie. I teared up more than once in it. But it's actually, I was pleasantly surprised by the fault in our stars. It's, it's at points is an incredibly sweet movie, and at points it is an incredibly heartbreaking movie. Um, so it, it's, it is one, that I, I'm going to go out there and say it, it is a recommend. I think it's a, you know, at points there is easily enough there, and the leads are brilliant in it, that it is a, a thoroughly enjoyable movie. At points. No, fair enough. I yeah, I haven't seen it yet. I'm um, uh, the idea of a kid dying from cancer is a little bit. I don't know. Since I become a dad, I've become far more far more of a well, pussy about that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, that, um, that's it. Um, I, I I did feel myself kind of getting sort of bogged down about it. There's a bit in it where it says, you know, the only thing that's worse worse than dying of cancer is having a kid that dies of cancer. And it kind of, you know, I, although I don't agree with that statement, you know, you can see it. It, it does kind of throw the, the the parents out there where they essentially just have no idea how to, how to fucking deal with it other than be positive in a way. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it, it's, it's one that I would say, you know, may not rush out and watch it, but I think when you do watch it, there's enough there to make you go... Actually, yeah, that, that that's really quite a good movie. Um, also watched, because uh, I'm, I'm trying to watch a lot of horror movies with it being um, Halloween, which is good because we've been the Halloween series, and that's helped me along with that. Watched the Dawn of the Dead remake. Uh, still stands as a really great remake for me. Um, still holds up uh, after like 10 years as being a really solid fucking modern horror film. Um also watched Hannah. Uh, eventually got around to watching that. I've had the Blu-ray for, for ages. Um, nice. And I'd never watched it. And, um, yeah, the less said, the better. Um, oh, really? Yes. Um, pretty much despised it. There's a really good okay. uh, Chemical Brothers uh, music video in the middle of it. Um, it's just... When she's in that facility. Yeah, it, it's just the rest of it okay. is, is shrouded in me going, oh, come on, and fucking end um literally um one of the most um embarrassing fight scenes i've seen in a modern movie um where you've got uh, eric banner in i think it's a train station parking lot or something having a yeah. fight and it, literally you are watching it going well you can fucking see the choreography in this motherfucker um yeah i i was very 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 disappointed in that movie to the point of where i i i am i i'm contemplating just giving my fucking blu-ray away <laughs> so do you have uh, that do you have that on blu-ray i i, I did do once upon a time you want yeah. it again? um because you can have mine yeah, I'll have your copy of Hannah. Brilliant, I shall send that to you. Um, yeah, right. I, 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 if other people loved it, I'm, as always, I'm glad other people got something out of it, but it just pushed all the wrong buttons for me. Uh, I did text you saying I was posting you FIFA, didn't I? Yes, you did, thank you very much. Yeah, I will okay, yeah. that, that, that dollar, dollar bill across to y'all. Um, nice. uh, but uh, uh, yes, uh, pin me address across, because I'm, I'm sure I've got it somewhere, but I might as well have it fresh again, and I'll send you a little, a little blue welcome back to Blu-ray care package. Uh, nice. But yes, um, what else did I watch? Uh, that's 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 it. I I did actually rewatch again uh, Big Trouble in Little China with Isabel as well last night, uh, which I actually noticed and went, ah, oh, this is um, the cinematographer on this is is Dean Cundey. 
Uh, where have I seen that name uh, recently? And of course, it's fucking Halloween uh, that he did the what is it for? And I went, oh, I didn't think for Halloween. That's strange. And then it hit me, no, it's not, because they're both Carpenter movies. And then we actually look back on, on the movies that um, Dean Cundy did the cinematography for. You know, Halloween, The Fog, Escape from New York, Halloween 2, The Thing, Halloween 3. We also did things like Romance in the Stone and all of the Back to the Future movies and Roadhouse and Who Framed Roger Rabbit and Hook and Death Becomes Her. And he was also the uh, cinematographer on Jurassic Park and Apollo 13. Um, you know, it's, it's crazy the amount of films that this guy did. Yeah, fucking right, mate. He um, he was a prolific dude, like in the eighties. Yeah, for sure. absolutely. Um, so yeah, so that that's pretty much what I've, I've caught over the past um, sort of week or so. Um, oh, I did also rewatch um, Twenty One Jump, Twenty Two Jump Street. Sorry, um, which still holds up as being really funny, but the bits that annoyed me uh, the first time I watched it, mainly uh, that girl Mercedes, I think she's called, her constant old jokes. They get oh, yeah, yeah. they get old a lot quicker on the rewatch, okay. uh, and and literally that I did realise that is all of the comedic value her character has is those old jokes, and they got annoying after like two on the rewatch, but still holds up as been a, a very fun movie. Uh, absolutely, you know I still really enjoyed it. So, yeah, so that's a little brief catch-up on what you've been watching. Uh, and we're going to play the trailer for Halloween 3, uh, Season of the Witch. about this Cochran? All I can tell you, mister, is watch out. Season He's watching you, friend, I guarantee you that. Trick or treat, trick or treat. Hey, Mr. Cochran, just what is the final process? Fellas, I was just kidding! Witchcraft. To us, it was a way of controlling our environment. Hey! Where are they taking you? They're taking her to the factory. I want a mask. Can I have a mask? Uh, just what I had in mind for you, little buddy. Why, Cockers? Why? Do I need a reason? I've got nothing here to indicate there was ever a body at all. Operator, this is an emergency. I do love a good joke, and this is the best ever. A joke on the children. I'm glad you'll be able to watch it. You've got to believe me. 
Okay, that was a trailer for Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. Um, a film that stars Tom Aitkins, uh, Stacey Nelkin, uh, and um, Dan O'Hillary. Um, and it is, well, it has nothing to do with Michael Myers, um, for a start. Yeah. Um, you know, before I go into what the actual plot of the film is about, the whole idea with this was that Carpenter wanted to... Or, uh, he, that was it. He thought that the second Halloween film would be the last time we'd spend with Michael Myers and uh, Laurie Strode, but had an idea that Halloween could then become a franchise thing where every year we get a different film set at Halloween and it'd be Halloween and then whatever and it'd be like that. But then this film wasn't very well received, we'll say. Um, story of Halloween 3 Season of the Witch is. You've got a, a company called uh, Silver Shamrock uh, that make um, masks for Halloween. Uh, and a lot of strange shit starts going on uh, with a guy running around with one of the said masks. He ends up being admitted into hospital and being cared for by um, Tom Aitkins, Dr. Daniel uh, Chalice. Uh, who then witnesses him being murdered and the guy who kills him then sets himself on fire uh, and then he ends up going on a journey to find out what the hell happened. Ian, Halloween 3 season of The Witch. Thoughts? Yeah, great fun. Um, you know, um, it, it's just a weird little one-off peculiar little beast which has a really nasty streak mm. um, and kind of melds that with 80s goofiness um, it also posits the idea that Tom Atkins is some sort of sex yes, it does, irresistible it? to the it, women around him yeah, which is, is the best thing ever like he slaps a nurse's ass at one point she's alright <laughs> with it Um there's this one woman who's just like, I know you don't really want to, but take me out for dinner and I'll blah, 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 blah. Mm. And, you know, and, and, like the, that doctor. And then you've got the uh, the wonderful exchange of like, oh, I can sleep on the couch. It would be, be more comfortable than the car. Where do you want to sleep, Dr. Chalice? Yeah. Well, I think that's a stupid question, Miss Grimbridge. It's, it's incredible. <laughs> it, it, I mean, it's... Amazing, and it's there for no. That's there for no reason whatsoever as well, which is the best thing about it. Yeah. Um, it literally just seems like it's written into Tom Atkins's contract <laughs> yeah. that he just like every single woman like he sees just falls for him as well, doesn't it? With Jamie Lee Curtis in the fourth. In the fourth. Oh shit! Think about it. The fourth, they literally meet and have sex straight away. Bloody hell, you're right. Yeah, he, he, he literally is. Yeah, she gives him a lift, doesn't yeah. she? And they end up fucking. He, Tom Aitkins, is irresistible to all women. 
fact. <laughs> oh my god, that's awesome! But I mean, I mean, I don't know. Even the titles are awesome. Like you're not really too sure what all these lines are like going across the screen are and whatnot and then it, i mean it's that like televisual halloween logo and it kind of flickers and and you know the fact that actually relates into the actual plot and, and i mean the ending as well oh the ending yeah the, the, it, it just oh sorry mark go on yeah it, it, i mean the thing is is like you say it is this wonderful strange little beast where it's it, it's it so peculiar to have a halloween film that literally that's only reference to Halloween is the fact that Halloween is playing in a couple of scenes on screens. That's it. But you've, you've got things just keep getting weirder and weirder and weirder. Where it goes, oh, the masks are controlling people. Or the masks are going to control them. They've got a chip in them. Oh, he's this genius. What is it? Oh, there's now fucking Stonehenge is there. <laughs> and they're taking chips of Stonehenge. Oh, the masks actually kill people and make things crawl out of their faces. What? Uh, It is is just utter insanity throughout, but it all kind of makes sense in this really wonderful, fun, ridiculous way. This This is almost a template of a... A, a, a bad good movie because you know there are occasional bad good movies and that occasionally there are bad mo- for instance all these this, this this hipster nonsense behind the room the room is a fucking terrible movie end of right that is it it's not a it's so bad it's good it's just shite and people should stop playing it as being more than that Halloween 3, Season the Witch, all of it should be terrible, but it's incredibly watchable, and it is fucking fun. Yeah, I mean, no, that, I mean that's the thing. I mean, fun is the operative word, but a kind of like a nasty kind of yeah. fun. I mean, not, not entirely dissimilar to Gone Girl, <laughs> you know, if you're going to make a weird comparison, <laughs> but it's got that same kind of gleeful oh, this is dark and I absolutely fucking love it kind of property to it. But the fact that, that, that Dan Hillary uh, is basically doing it for no reason other than just to be a bastard. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, there, there is no other reason. It's just, like, he basically, he's pissed off with kids getting candy for Halloween. Yeah. So he's going to make them put on masks, which melts their faces and turns their heads into snakes and bugs. You know what I mean? It's mental. Yeah. It is mental, but it's awesome, and it also has, pe- like, robo-people made of cogs. Yeah, it is, it, it's just utter, just ridiculousness. But, you know, like you say, how many films have Halloween-themed, you know, cogged robots, um, supernatural powers, Stonehenge, bug faces... And all of that ridiculousness, and then you have that that end scene where you're thinking, "Oh, it, 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 it's all going to be all right," and then you've just got Tom Aitken screaming, "The third channel, the third channel," and then it just that kid's watching it, and then it just ends, and it is like turn you say, it off, turn it off, it's turn nasty, it off. and it's a bit it's a bit gnarly at points. 
Yeah, I mean the um, that that one woman who's fiddling with the the the, the chip and then gets the misfire. Like her face mm. is just like a whole barrel load of holy shit. You know, <laughs> it's um, it is properly properly nasty, but it's also awesome. Mm. I think um, Tommy Lee Wallace who directed it uh, was supposed to direct the second Halloween film, I think. Uh, but then yeah. didn't in the end. But he was the set designer or something like that on Halloween. Sure, that somewhere. Yeah, I think he was connected to it. But he, he yeah, and he wrote and directed this. Mm. And then Carpenter did the uh, the score and produced it. And the, the score which he did with Alan Howarth, by the way, is amazing. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you've got that little hint of Halloween in there in that one shot where they're driving to the um, to the town. Um, but most of it is just this weird kind of like, like kind of almost like wavy kind of synthy wavy kind of thing with that, which I mentioned earlier on. Then every now and then the stings are like, mm. you know, which are, which are the best. Yeah, yeah, it's it's like you say, it's just so much fun. There's there's so much there. Um, to kind of cling to and grip to of being just like you say just this incredibly dark nastiness to it but also just an abundance of ridiculousness yeah and uh, i mean that's that's kind of all you want really from it like an out there plot uh, absolute bollocks but it at the same time you just have a laugh with it mm. you know it, it just yeah i mean it it I don't. I, I would say it's probably not underrated because I think it does get its due now. Certainly among like genre fans yeah. on Twitter, like you see people talking about Halloween Three quite a lot, which which is great. And, you know, Screen Factory put out a Blu-ray, and I hope Arrow gets the rights to actually release that in the UK at some point because I would buy it. Yeah, I, I'll be that. honest. I, I downloaded a rip of the Blu-ray, and it looked stonking. Yeah, I, I, I was I was the, the same. Uh... What I will say here is my issue with, with that I've had with these films, not issue, uh, is that I have them all on DVD. I have the full box set, Halloween box set. And then my nephew yeah. borrowed it. <laughs> I didn't notice that oh, he borrowed shit. it. So when I went to go to put Halloween 2 on the other night, I was like, oh, oh, it's not there. Oh, all right. So um, so I've, 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 I've acquired them. <laughs> nice. Uh, no, uh, yeah, yeah, well... That's got to be done. I mean, to be fair, you um, actually own it, so I suppose that's yes. okay. Uh, I, I'm just illegal, but yeah. <laughs> it is, uh, without question, definitely not shit. It is too much. Oh, my, oh, oh, oh dearie me, yes. Oh, dearie me, yes. Yes. Um, and, um, yeah, so um, I suppose that's, that's the end of this show. So next week, uh, what have we got for the good people uh, next week? Yeah. Okay, so we are going to be talking about um, Joe Carnahan's new film, Stretch, which comes out on US iTunes uh, and Video On Demand on Tuesday. I will be watching it on US iTunes Tuesday night or, or Wednesday evening before we record. And uh, we're also going to take a look at uh, Halloween 4, The Return of Michael Myers, yep. Halloween 5, The Revenge of Michael Myers, The Revenge of Michael Myers, and Halloween 6, The Curse of Michael Myers, starring Paul Stephen Rudd. Uh, so that'll be good. Uh, yeah, uh, we're probably not going to be quite as positive as we have been on this show, but hey. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we may as well leave it there. I'm going to go and watch them strictly. Um, you're going to probably not do that. No, I'm, I, I'm, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to eat uh, chicken, leek and Stilton pie that I made earlier.
I will just say I'm all about the Caroline Flack. That's all I'm going to say. But anyway, uh, how can people contact us? People can contact us at uh, monkey uh, at gmail.com. Uh, I'll do it at .uk, is it? Fuck, I forgot. Dot .com. Dot .com, yeah, it was .com. I, I second-guessed myself yeah, there. Right the first time. Uh, right? Doodlemonkey yeah. on Twitter, at DudeFoz on Twitter, at Ian Loring on uh, Twitter. And once again, you can pledge to Norm Mellor's book uh, at Ventures on, in VHS.com. Um, oh, I will say as well, I um, managed to actually somehow buy myself again a PlayStation 4 this week. <laughs> so uh, I'm Ian Loring on PlayStation Network as well, and I've been playing a lot of Destiny lately. So uh, feel free to come and help me do stuff on there. I'm not. I'm still not entirely sure what Destiny is all about, to be honest, even though I've been playing the missions. But uh, I'm a level 9 warlock. I know that much. Cool. Uh, I have no idea what Destiny is about at all. And I will end up being a FIFA coma for uh, the next few weeks, uh, thanks to Ian. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, that was good, man. Oh. That was good. I fucking I got a free copy of FIFA with my PlayStation straight away. I was just like, I'm shit at FIFA, but I know who fucking loves FIFA. Straight <laughs> on the phone to him. Mark, you want to take this PlayStation 4 copy of it off my hands for 35 quid? Yes, I do, Ian. Yes. Here we go. It was, it was seamless. Um, so, yes, I'm very much looking forward to that as well um also well final thing uh, before we uh, bid you adieu um good luck um to uh, mike and hannah mike who you'll know from the chance record versus punts podcast and oh who now listens here. to this podcast uh, who, who is now, he now listens. Uh, hannah i think has been a long-term listener so thank you very much hannah um and thank you fine fucking thank late mike um so um, a good luck um because they are today as we're recording this are currently in the process of flying across to start their new life uh, in a much nicer country of New Zealand. Uh, so good luck uh, for, for, for that, and I'm sure we'll be speaking at some point soon. I'm sure Michael will appear on the show again uh, at some point in the near future. Good luck to Mark, uh, Mike for his new job, shoveling Hobbit shit as well. Yeah. Uh, you know, best of luck. Yeah, it's, it's a step up from uh, teaching at a school in Birmingham. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yes, that that's episode 82 uh, thank you very much for listening and we shall speak to you uh, in another week's time or me and Ian shall speak to each other in another three fucking days time yeah and I've got the house to myself I'm going to be bearing myself up I'm actually just planning bearing on getting... Jack in it that's all you're going to be doing isn't it I, I'm pretty much man I'm going to be Jack Bowering the <laughs> night long um, it's no, I'm, I'm actually planning on getting pretty drunk for next week's show, so that should be fun. Oh, nice, cool. Um, right, uh, I might, sure. do, I might do the same. Uh, right, thank you very much, good folks. We shall speak to you soon. Cheers, guys. Good night. Cool.